Thanks for listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Our podcast has tripled in growth over the last year, and we'd like to say thank you. It's because of you we're growing. The great thing about the podcast is that we're able to cover some edgy topics and discuss them in a very real way without having to worry about advertisers. To keep it this way and to keep it growing, we're asking you, our loyal subscribers, to give. Give at least about $5 a month minimum. Become a Patreon supporter of GP3. We will shout you out and include you in upcoming monthly e-blast. And there's more to come. At least $5. That's barely what, giving up two gallons of gas a month? Go to our podcast page and sign up click the link to support our podcast you can do it here's the show we three from gp ran to tommy b broadcasting live on your frequency giving you updates on these georgia streets these are voices for the people that don't get to speak Issues, black news, the conversation's deep Shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat iPods, Androids, or your laptop These boys swinging for the fence, saying lie Then came a long way from being homies on the block From afros and braids and now they at the top You want facts? This is where I get them from GP3RTT at gmail.com Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response I gotta go now, the show starts in 3, 2, 1 Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. GP3 Homies from the Block. And now, here's Ran and Tommy B. GP3 Homies from the Block. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back. It is GP3 round 114. Tommy B is back in the building. My boy, Ran. Ran, how you doing, man? Doing fine, man. How you doing? Hey, doing good, man. Welcome back. How was your week? It's a good week. <laughs> Sound a little happier. We'll get into the news. I, I know why. You know, we'll, we'll get into it in a few minutes. Uh, go ahead and let people know the uh, GP3 story, man. Oh, uh, GP3 stands for Grove Park 3. Uh, the three of us, I'm Ran, uh, Tut, and Tommy B. We're from the Grove Park community in, in Atlanta, Georgia, the 30318. We all went to Grove Park Elementary School. As Rand, I lived on a South Elizabeth Place. Our third member who's retired and who's about to embark upon matrimony, Tut, uh, <laughs> lived on Charlotte Place. And I was on North Avenue. I like how you how you dropped that in there. That That's... Uh that's cool. Hey, man, you got any shout outs? I'll, I'll go to you first. Go ahead. Yeah, I got a couple shout outs, man. Um, I want to give a shout out to the young man from the University of Alabama named Jalen Hurt. Uh, now the quarterback came off the bench. Uh, he lost his job early in the year and he came back, redeemed himself. I think it's a great example for young people out there. Mm-hmm. Things don't go your way. You don't have to quit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he stayed with it. And um, actually, he's going to be graduating from college uh, on the 15th, I hear. Good for him. Uh, also, uh want to give shout hey, it out. Was, to, it um, was bad news, uh, by the way, for Georgia. But <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good news that's, for Jalen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm only thinking about Jalen. Georgia, they, they <laughs> shot themselves in the foot on that one right there. Yes. Um, yes, they did. You know, right now, there's a big push uh, from these DNA firms. Uh, across, you know, asking everyone to do their DNA over the holidays as a Christmas gift, et cetera. Hmm. My family, we did it about a year and a half ago, maybe two years, two Christmases ago. And um, I had a chance to actually meet some cousins uh, through the DNA. Uh, We did our family trees and we found out we're connected. I met them over the weekend. It was nice meeting them. Wow. Um, Also, too, I went to an event this past week at Emory University uh, about Frederick Douglass. It's it's a bicentennial tribute, his birth. It would be 200 years he was born. Very cool. Was and, uh, uh, also was um, forty five there trying to um, shake his hand? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I don't even want to. I don't want to. That's kind of an inside joke, but it's not really an inside joke. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As he, as he um, Fred Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, too, um, you know, uh, we got a special election coming up on Tuesday, the fourth. Yeah. We want people to come out there and vote. This is a very important one because uh, the gentleman who's running, the two gentlemen who are running for office can really in- determine your right to vote. Yep. Secretary of State's office in, uh, That's right. in the uh, highly contentious Georgia situation. Um, and Barrow, uh, by the way, I, I don't want to get too deep in, into Georgia politics, but the guy who is running uh, on the Democratic side has extensive experience in the state. And um, and and honestly, 
deserves the job. And I think he'll turn the um, department around. He'll he'll turn that situation around. Um, right. You know, I hope because the other guy, I just don't trust the other guy. I mean, he's. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I hate it's, to say you don't, don't trust none of them. So, yeah, but um, it, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Your point, your your basis is well founded. Yep. Barrow is uh, is a good guy. But go ahead. Right. Um, also, uh, someone sent me this on uh, Facebook and um, and it was a very good video from KRS-One mm. um, giving some basically guidance, dropping some knowledge, as old folks would say, mm-hmm. to young people about the difference between hip hop and rap. Mm-hmm. And I encourage you, if you can find it, listen to it and share it with your kids, because what it really shows is that rap is about making the money. Mm-hmm. Hip hop is about uplifting the culture. Yes, yes. And then, and when I listen to it, you really sit there and start thinking about today's artists, which ones are in hip hop and which ones are rappers, mm-hmm. and it's not even close in many instances. So, well, you know um, what? Let me let me. I give people the example. Um, you know, KRS One, uh, Public Enemy, um, all those guys who were really about the culture. Uh, they were. I mean, they were hip hop. Um, if you ever you saw the movie, um, everybody's seen that movie, Brown Sugar, with mm-hmm. Sanaa Latham and what's his name, Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs. Remember the, the 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 Dalmatian pup. The what is it? Yeah, <laughs> the Dalmatians. Yeah. <laughs> that's rap. You know that that's where it right. had it. it. It's the commercialization. So if if you just not about it and you don't understand it and you watch the movie Brown Sugar, when they start getting into that whole thing about trying to make uh, the Dalmatian thing work, that's rap. You know, that's that's right. what they talk about in terms of just, you know, the whole commercialization thing. So, yeah, right. I agree. I'm glad he's doing that again. It's, it's a reminder because, you know what, Rand, they've had to do that. That's been a consistent battle throughout the whole uh, throughout the quote unquote rap game, hip hop game. And that's been a consistent battle. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think it's really become more consistent probably the last 20 years because yep, that's when the money started really flowing. Yep. But up until that point, the money wasn't flowing now. Yeah. Cause nobody thought it was going to be around. Nobody thought it was going to, right. it was going to last. And once yeah. it hit the crossover spectrum, um, people start seeing the money. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it changed, it changed the whole game. Yes, it did. Yes. It, it, it changed did. the whole game. What else you got? Uh, on this day in history, uh, several HBCUs were formed today. Uh, North Carolina A&T, Delaware State, West Virginia State. Uh, on this day, Archie Griffin becomes the only person who wins the two Heisman. Damn, Unfortunately, Ohio State, State was uh, hot. What was his name? Woody Hayes was the coach? Yeah, his coach. That was his coach, Woody Hayes. Yeah. Yep. Woody, Woody slapped uh, the guy upside the head uh, and got thrown Unfortunately, out. on this day, we had a couple deaths. Um, James Baldwin, Avon, Alvin Ailey. Uh, tomorrow, so some significant things, uh, was the, 1915 was really the start of the Great Migration to the North. 1969, we saw the birth of uh, Jay-Z on the, on the 4th Damn, what December, year? 1969. Okay, wow. So, okay. And also on the same day, um, the um, Chicago police assassinated uh, Fred Hampton and Mark Clark, Black mm-hmm. Panthers in Chicago. Yeah. Good, uh, good 1974, word. Tyra Banks was born on December the 4th. And also in 2006, many of you forget, many of you have probably forgotten this. The Jenna Six kids were convicted on, on, on in Louisiana yeah. on December the fourth. Yeah, that was a huge deal. Uh, uh, December the fifth, uh, one of the days to me is one of the most important days um, in my life. Is the start of the Montgomery Boys boycott, 1955, and also too that shows example what boycotting can do. You know, we, we're not talking about this online stuff. You know, not on. This is was a true boycott. These people. These people over 380 days, they were with the calls, yeah. rain, sleet, snow, you name it. They walking, did it. Walking and right. this <clears> really creating their own people. level of um, their own network of um, of uh, right of what do you call it? Um, uh, of, of cars. They, to, and, they put and a transportation vans, network together, transportation, which, which yeah. they were um, um, they were sued over. Yep. People mm. lost their jobs. People died. People got arrested. But this is what a true boycott, this is what true power can do, you know, uh, not this hashtag shit, this, you know, <laughs> this light now, no, this was a true boycott. Yeah. And also, too, on 1932, on December the 5th, one of the architects of rock and roll was born, uh, Little Richard. Wow. What year was that again? 1932. Damn, and Richard's still going strong. 
Yeah, yeah, he lives in Nashville right now. Actually, I was in Nashville two years ago, and I was at a red light, and his car pulled up beside me. Yeah, man. He's still out there trying to do his thing. I think he was, he may or may not be still touring, but but I know he's still, he's still mobile. Yeah, he's a, he's a little frail right now, man. But, you know, that guy's, I mean, people don't understand it, but he is one of the, when you talk about the Mount Rushmore, the foundation of rock and roll, he's up there. And another gentleman who people don't give a lot of respect to, but because of his, uh, his off the stage antics was, um, was Ike Turner. Yeah, absolutely. People don't realize Ike Turner, according to historians, probably wrote the first rock and roll song for Jackie Brinson. So, um, unfortunately he'll forever be known as eat the cake. Annie Mae. (laughs) That's, that's unfortunate, but that's pop culture, you know? So, um, but, but you're absolutely right, man. As far as producers and, and creating, his own studio where a lot of a lot of majors get their work out of his studios. Yeah, he was he was a force. He was a force. You got anything else, man? Man, that's enough, man. Yes, it is. Good job. Good job. Hey, real quick, man. And, and you didn't mention it. And I, I know you probably knew I was going to get to it. H.W. Bush passed away Friday. Um, and, um, you know, of course, uh, a lot of tributes have happened. Uh, w um, has basically, uh, you know, put out a couple of statements. Uh, one of the most recent statements is that Jeb, Neal, Marvin, Dora, uh, and I are saddened to announce that after 94 remarkable years, our dear dad has died. So, um, you know, we, we uh, grew up in the 80s and 90, of course, 70s, 80s, 90s. And, um, you know, love-hate relationship, would you say, with, uh, with uh, H.W.? Um, yeah, I, I had a chance to meet him on several occasions. Um, he and I were part of an alumni association together, and he would, uh, time to time, he and his wife would show up at the meetings, and I yeah. had some conversations with them personally. Um, nice guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to canonize him, but he was a real guy. I yeah, mean, he was real. I mean, know, it was because um, he was a CIA guy know. too. You know, so yeah, yeah, you know, he came um, out of he came out of that CIA culture. So go ahead. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't forgive the Willie Horton ad because that that laid the foundation for a lot of stuff even though mm-hmm. Lee Atwater was the campaign manager um, he had to sign off on it yeah true enough uh, he was against the 1964 Civil Rights um, Act mm-hmm. um, bill yeah so I mean there were some things but at the same time he was the guy that brought in Colin Powell and um, Condoleezza Rice yeah true enough so um, you know he was a guy um, like most politicians uh, he was a great guy, but yet he was a flawed guy. So, mm-hmm. um, but he was overall, he was a nice guy. The times I spent with him, he was a very nice guy. Yeah. And, and, and quite frankly, you don't always get that. I've met a couple of these guys in passing. I won't mention any names, but you know, they're not always agreeable um, with uh, just dealing with uh, press and media um, because they're always, you know, suspect of, of what might be carried on or out to the public. Uh, but but I do agree, and I and and I really salute him more so about what he what he's done after his presidency, um, you know, in terms of his ability to uh, to be outspoken and, and do things uh, to serve the public. He was definitely a public servant, if anything, and uh, and yeah, I think I mean, ultimately he, he, that's he what he's got to bar. Go to. Yeah, he set a bar without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, um, the current occupant of the of the of uh, sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue is nowhere near that bar. Oh, he has uh, uh, buried the bar. <laughs> well, where is one the of bar? The things, one of the things I can say that his people yeah. have learned and convinced him because his antics, a lack of antics regarding um, the news of, of, of 41's death mm-hmm. is in strike contrast to what happened when Mrs. Bush passed Agreed. and also when John McCain passed. Agreed. And, and I think, you know, this ran and I'm, I'll move on from, from Bush, but I'll say this. You know, I just think that um, uh, Barbara Bush had spoken out against 45 with such disdain, man, that uh, quite frankly, um, I don't think 45 could say anything anyway, because she was an outspoken critic. Critic. Well, uh, and also, H.W., too, I think, you know, what's with, happened with the Republican Party. Yeah. He has lost so much of the Republican Party base. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a different time. I mean, it, you're absolutely right. Where he's positioned now versus best interest to keep his mouth shut. Yep, I agree. I agree. Totally. It's a different time. I mean, it's a different. uh, I mean, right now is different. The timing in in terms of his power, in terms of his popularity was was different. So I agree. Hey, the other thing I want to mention, man, 
And we do have some folks out in, in podcast world who listen to us in Alaska, man. They had a 7.0 magnitude earthquake. Uh, homes, offices, highways, uh, the, the aftershocks were like 5.8. And uh, you know the amazing thing, man, and, and you know, I love, I love weather and, and this whole nature thing. And um, the, the biggest earthquake in U.S. history was actually in Alaska. And it was a 9.2, man, at Prince William Sound. And did you know, like, the top eight earthquakes in the U.S. are, like, in Alaska? And Yeah, know, I heard on NPR that Alaska has more earthquakes on an annual basis than the entire 48, 49 states combined. Yes. And, I, you know, I guess because of the glaciers and, you know, uh, where, where it's positioned uh, against the, 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 you know, in the U.S., but and, and just to put the 7.0 in perspective, you hear a lot of people talk about San Francisco and the big 1906 earthquake. And that was like a 17, 7.7. So just think if if this was, you know, and you know how vast Alaska is in terms versus like a heavily populated area. Um, just imagine a 7.0 hitting a major city with a lot of population and density. Totally different situation. Um, but yeah. uh, and, and, you know, and. and San Francisco was the 17th largest. So 7.7, 1906 San Francisco versus Anchorage on Friday. And I bring it up because it was a 7.0, you know, anywhere else outside of Alaska in a populated. I mean, I'm not going to put that on, you know, California, but it would have been different in terms of what you hear. Well, you know, I think, damage um, and everything. At one point I was I was a geology major when I was in college. But, oh, uh, Lord, dude, you've done it all. Damn. <laughs> what did you major in? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, people don't understand the difference between a 7.0 and a 7.1. It's like a thousand times. Wow. So when you say 7.7, yeah, that is huge. That's Even massive, though the yeah. number may not, the distance between the numbers not big, but the point, but the difference means a lot. In terms of impact. Okay. Okay. Of impact. And, and let me mention, man, in, in, you know, we're in ATL. We do the show from ATL. It is 74 degrees today. It's going to be 74 in ATL. And, and this time of the year is so volatile, man, uh, because, you know, when, when you do. Uh-oh, hang on. Am I doing that? Yes, I am. Um, but when uh, we talk about um, the weather going from 74 now and then the high and then in a couple of days, the high being 49 we tend to have a whole lot of, of these uh, tornadoes, man. And and yesterday, again, we take the show on Sunday. Um, Taylorville, right outside of Springfield, Illinois, man, they had um, a major, like these huge tornadoes come through. You know, 30 people injured, knocked, I mean, 100 buildings wiped out, damaged. Uh, it was mm. it was, you know, you know, they reported in Illinois yesterday, man, they reported 22 tornadoes, dude, 22. And and that's because, I mean, it's a real volatile time, man. So y'all, you know, kind of watch out because as these temps keep going up and down and up and down, this is what we get. It's almost like springtime, you know. Well, it's, uh, it's global warming, man. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, that's what it is. It that, is. I mean, it's too, different. Huh? I mean, the, the intensity of the storms. Um, you know, I think they intensify and, and they come at times that, that we uh, we aren't used to, you know, so I agree. And uh, for you people out there, please take your flu shots. It, this type of weather is yes. flu and pneumonia weather when it when it when this erratic uh, temperature changes. Because I'll go outside right now and everybody's in shorts, you know, shorts and T-shirts. So basically white folks. Yeah, white folks. Yeah. And um, Amazon, man, I got to thank say what's up to Amazon, dude. And I know uh, you probably don't watch as much TV as I do, but this Can You Feel It campaign is just uh, bubbling my heart. It warms my heart. Have you seen it? Where they yeah. used the uh, Jacksons, the Triumph Tour. Can you feel it? Have you seen it? Yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's commercialization, but you know what? I know the, I know the Jackson family's getting paid on that. But um, it's amazing. And I'm not sure if, you know, you never know how uh, or whether whether or not um, the newer generations actually get that. But can you feel it was huge to to our generation when I mean, that was like the Jacksons, that last hurrah uh, before the before Michael. That was their anthem, really, man. It was. I mean, that, that became their anthem. I mean, that was the song that 
that helped them usher themselves from the Jackson Five to the Jacksons. Yep. Do you remember? Because I saw the concert, Missing and Murdered Kids at at the at the uh, Atlanta Omni, and Randy Jackson walks out in that armor saying, "Can you feel it?" Yeah, dude. That was that's the best concert still. I mean, nobody's. Uh, Nobody's done it better. So kudos to Amazon. Can't say, I don't can't say that to the Beehive, man. <laughs> I'm gonna say it, <laughs> but but I, I just don't think I, I just you know you and you in that you in that world, man. Or you've been in that world. I just I just think a brother came up with that. I don't know who came up with that idea, but damn, it was spot on. I don't think there's any other holiday campaign. It's just amazing. I'm 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 just awed by it. I'm in awe by it. I, I mean, it was not something I would expect. Yeah. Well, I, I heard a rumor, and I'm not sure. Maybe you can. Maybe you've heard it too. That the Jacksons themselves are about to embark on a concert tour or give a concert, probably sponsored by Amazon. <laughs> and I'm trying to, you know, you know, as much as I respect the Jackson brothers, I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. Who's going to do Michael's parts? But I'd hear that one of their um, the brothers has a son. Mm-hmm. Well, you, if you remember, Tito had kids who. Launched the career, 3T. So there, right. there, there, there's a youth component, man, within the family that, that's right. talented that might be able, not necessarily can't even, you know, they'll never be able to do it like Michael, but they might right. be able to carry Michael's parts. So we'll see how it's that goes. very rare that yeah. you see a group who loses its lead singer yeah. um, have, have similar success yeah. as the lead singers. But you know what? Here's the thing. And I heard this. This is it's funny. You should mention that, man. What's his name? Otis Williams from the Temps was on NPR this week. And he was talking about because they're still touring. They're doing some tours over in the UK. And mm-hmm. he said that after David Ruffin left, basically yeah. everybody wrote them off. And if you consider how long and how many how many configurations of the temps have have gone on since the 60s? Everybody wrote them off. Everybody said it would never last. And he's the last remaining original member. And Right. Because people they, don't realize still, Ruffin was only there for like two years. Yeah. I but, mean, he was a short. I mean, because before yeah. that, Eddie, Eddie Kendrick was the lead singer. Mm-hmm. Then Ruffin became the lead singer. Then they brought in Dennis Edwards. But they were blessed from the standpoint of, they had a tight group mm-hmm. and they had some producers. When you talk about Smokey Robinson and Norman Whitfield, yeah. you're talking oh, yeah. about Hall of Fame producers who were able to find that whatever the new sound was. Yeah, they just shifted to, to psychedelic soul when they picked right. up uh, what's his name? Dennis. Yeah. And, and and it just shifted. It just moved forward from like a doo-wop right. thing to psychedelic soul. And then people forgot. You know, when they came in right. with Papa was a Rolling Stone, <laughs> it was like right. Eddie Who? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. So, so people. I mean, so they they had a lot of champions um, mm-hmm. to help them in that whole journey. I give them credit for that. And he, he's absolutely right. But yeah. Right. Um, most of the acts today don't have the same type of champions kind of producers. I agree. Because most of the pro- young producers today just don't have the chops like some of those guys did. No, they don't. They don't. All right, man. All right, we're gonna move on, man. Some shorts. Um, you know, rest in peace. Oprah, Oprah Winfrey lost her mom and it was released uh, this week. I mean, I know she died over the uh, Thanksgiving holiday, actually on Thanksgiving. Uh, she was 83, lived in uh, Milwaukee, um, and, and she's already been laid to rest, according to um, Oprah's uh, spokespeople. Um, also, man, you know, because I'm a blurred and I follow Netflix and, and the whole Marvel thing and you and I, I mean, we've, we've been very clear on why. Uh, these shows have not been renewed, but Daredevil has now been canceled. Um, and last month we were talking about Iron Fist and Luke Cage. And it's clear that basically Netflix basically is transitioning out of all that Marvel stuff because all that stuff's going to uh, to the Disney um, platform. Uh, Mark Lamont Hill, man, was fired. Um, and uh, CNN for you know making anti-Israel statements. Um, he was at uh, the UN's International Day of Solidarity uh, with Palestinian uh, people on Wednesday, and uh, he advocated for resistance against Israel and a free Palestine. And boop, Zucker said, "Up, oh, see you." And um, you know, he also was calling for uh, you know basically you know the countries to boycott Israel and divest money from Israel, and they fired him. So he's he's no longer with CNN. I wonder if he's going to continue doing stuff with BET. That'll be interesting to see. 
if, if that. I wonder how long he's going to stay at Temple University. Yeah. Yeah. Before he's, the Jewish, before the Jewish alumni, the ones who give him money for those buildings, uh, come after rise him. up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but interesting. And, and, uh, you know, put him, he's really right now. You're absolutely right. I mean, um, you know, a lot of the funding, he's in a mainstream situation. So we'll see how, how it goes. Um, well, no, that's in the media too. I yeah. mean, so it's going to be interesting to see how, um, what alternative media sources that he's going to, he's going to use because he's going to probably be uh, locked out, barred from some of the uh, other media outlets out there wow. that are, that are heavily financed by the Jewish financiers and the Jewish community. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you heard this man, Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, Fox and producers of his television series, uh, Cosmos have opened an, an investigation into uh, what, what they're calling multiple sexual conduct, misconduct claims um, against uh, against him. And uh, there's a report on a website called Patheos. I don't know if you've seen it, where two women actually accuse him of inappropriate sexual behavior. So, damn, two brothers down this week, Tyson and Hill and uh, I'll end on an up note. Uh, John Legend uh, has a Christmas album and a Christmas special coming out with his wife, Chrissy Teigen. Uh, it's going to be called The Legendary Christmas and with John Legend and Chrissy. And um, the show's going to be on NBC. I didn't get a date and time on it, but I'm sure they're going to they're be blasting it. So y'all will know in your social media, well, uh, email, you know, et cetera. From what I understand is, because um, my daughter was talking to me about it, yeah. I think yesterday. She was saying is that she has seen bits and pieces of it. And she says, the thing is, mm -hmm. is of the show, not the album, mm -hmm. is that what makes Chrissy Teigen so popular is that she is so natural. Yes, she is. She keeps it real. Whereas we we follow her on Twitter, Tegan. man, and she keeps it real. Right. But go ahead. Where this seems like it's much more scripted. Okay. Yeah. She was saying that it just didn't come across as natural. It's like... It, when John is talking, it's almost like he's focusing on trying to deliver his lines hmm. because their whole the re, their whole relationship is based upon the spontaneity, spontaneity that they have, this love they have. Mm -hmm. And almost like a reality that, show, would you say? Right. Yeah. Right. And so my daughter was saying that, you know, based on what she saw, it's it may not live up to expectations because of what people are so accustomed to seeing Chrissy Teigen. Well, let me say this, man. On the show, I was looking at the lineup, right? And and let me give you the lineup, and and you tell and you tell me what you see. Um, Stevie Wonder, Aquafina, which is the uh, Asian Asian comedian, uh, female comedian. Um, Adam Levine, uh, Kelly Clarkson, Blake Shelton, Megan Trainer, Jane Lynch, uh, Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> Okay, that's the TV I show. I only heard one black person other than uh, Steve. <laughs> okay, Steve. so that's the TV show. Now, on the album side, Raphael Sadiq is actually going to be producing the album. So I, I was I was encouraged by because I, I love Raphael's stuff all the way back to Tony Tony Tony. I mean, he him leaving Tony 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 was pretty much the death of Tony Tony Tony. Um, so you know, with uh, Raphael being involved on the album side, I think it's going to be a hot Christmas album. It's going to be nice. It's going to be a classic um, because I, one thing that Raphael knows how to do, he knows how to pull from the classic stuff and and bring it into current day. So I think he'll do a good job with that. But on the TV side, it's going to be kind of hokey, kind of yuck yuck. But you know, that's I might as well might as well watch Perry Como special. <laughs> you know what, man? I'm gonna watch. I got to see my boy though. Uh, Rest in peace, David Bowie and uh, Bing Crosby. That's still my favorite uh, odd duo that sounded incredible. That was a shocker. So I, I still like that to this day. So I don't blame you. Watch that Perry Como, bro. You got anything else on the short side, man? Anything come up on the entertainment side before we get into, uh, the, uh, get into the ugly stuff? Nah, okay, let's get into some ugly stuff. Uh, what kind of week would you call this week based on all the news in the White House and this Mueller stuff. What would you call it? Just show, it, it just shows the level of corruption, man. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I, I have never seen a White House, a swamp or whatever you want to call it. That is that it's just bleeding, breathing. It's like anebas. It's just like more sales of corruption just keep multiplying. Well, can I mention something to you? Um, uh, New York Times, you can look it up. They did a um, an analysis, a news analysis of 
um, that Mueller, the Mueller report exposes the culture of lying that surrounds 45, surrounds Trump. And one of my favorite journalists today is a guy named Daniel Dale. He's at the he's in the Washington Bureau for the North Star out of Toronto. And I've mentioned him on the show um, a few times in the past. And because, you know, he does that ongoing lies, false claims report. And let me let me can I read something to you real quick, Ram? Sure. Sure. All right. In the 31 days leading up to the midterm elections on November 6th, he says Trump went on a lying spree like we've never seen from him before. He called it an outrageous barrage of serial dishonesty, and he obliterated all these records he's been keeping or Dale has been keeping uh, since he came into office. Um, Trump made 664 false claims in October alone. Okay. That was double. The previous high was 320 in August. Okay. In October alone, 664 false claims. And he also says, Dale goes on to say Trump averaged 26.3 false claims per day leading up to the midterm election on November 6th. Okay. That was back in 2017. Can you believe that? Can I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not surprised, but I should be astounded. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I mean, and, and it, 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 he also says that uh, Trump made more false claims in two months leading up to midterms, a uh, thousand, eleven seventy six, than he did in all of twenty seventeen. Can you believe that? In two months, he made more false claims than he did in the entire year of 2017. And the, the three most dishonest single days of Trump's presidency uh, were the three days leading up to the midterms. He made 74 false claims on November 5th. He made 58 on November 3rd and 54 on November 4th. So when we talk about everything that happened this week, that's really, I mean, you're absolutely right. The whole culture, because we could sit here and analyze every single thing and bring in legal experts. But honestly, that's don't you think that's what it boils down to? The false claims and and, and the gaslighting is the the character and culture of the organization. Yeah. But it's it's, but but so so on a on a good scale based on a good week, bad week, how would you how would you rate like on on a scale? to uh, let's say 100% being a good week, where would you where would you put the week? I would say for him right now. Um, no, I mean for 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 America. <laughs> oh, man, this is probably a, a zero, man. You think? I mean, this is a this is a bad week for America, man. I mean, the, <sighs> I think it was a hopeful week in the fact that Mueller's doing something. We're, we're starting to see trickles, even though Manafort, the whole Manafort situation the fact that he lied to investigators um, in that plea bargain he signed, um, you know, and, and and a lot of people are speculating that he doesn't care because he's waiting on a pardon. Um, that was discouraging. But the Cohen thing is going to be interesting. And I'll leave it at that. But I, I just wanted to go ahead. Well, yeah. I mean, based upon that, yeah, I think it's hopeful. And I think what we're seeing is that Mueller is about seven, to eight months ahead of the media. Mm. Yeah, We really don't know. What is going on? True enough. True. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But but you know what concerns me? You know what concerns me right now? As for the what's amount that? of time that's passing that he's not releasing this report, the damage is being done. And and I'm 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 even though I'm I'm you know um, I support uh, people protecting him and his office to get the job done. I, I really don't support extending this too far because the longer we extend it, the things that are, you know, especially with the things that are coming out about these business deals, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes right well, now. And I just well, think there's the thing, a lot of stuff going the, on. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is though, I'd rather him extend this thing and get this thing right as opposed to him ending it early and get it wrong. Yeah. But I, I got to say this, Ram, 
um, that I'm a little nervous about giving too much power to special counsel, because keep in mind, this can be used against you, too. You know what I mean? You can use it when you're not in power. But when you are in power and somebody comes back with giving special counsel too much power, it can come back to bite you in the ass. You know, well, so, yeah. I mean, so I, I, I mean, think it's got to be measured. The issue with all these things is always a dual edged sword. So, you know? so think uh, about think about if Clinton had had somebody with well, Kenneth Starr was definitely damn digging up everything he possibly could. But just think if 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 um, if, if he had been given unlimited power. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, but a lot of it is based on the 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 the, the powers and in, in, to be. Yeah, you know, and um, so it it's like Supreme Courts. You know, it depends on who's in office and 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 who picks who what court. So you know, yeah. Um, it just, I mean, it's just it it just really shows the 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 lack of integrity and character in this White House in this administration, and also it shows the Senate, the Congress. Yeah, agree. Uh, it really it really shows the flaws uh, of the leadership that we currently have in place. Mm. Okay. So so let me ask you, man, uh, we had a prediction. I had a prediction. My prediction was I thought that uh, the report would be released uh, before Thanksgiving. Um, I did, too. I was with you on that one. And now it's it's after Thanksgiving. So what's your prediction now in terms of when this thing's going to come out? Uh, probably when the new Congress comes in. Mm. OK, we'll see. Because, you know, I, I agree with you because I, I do think that um, if they release it now with, what's his name? <laughs> Whitaker. Is that his name? Yeah, well, yeah, Whitaker. If Whitaker, Whitaker will, uh, will probably try to attempt to do something to, uh, to bury the report. So that may not be a bad idea. Well, and also Whitaker's credibility every day is, uh, oh, is taking a hit. A hit every day. There's so much... Uh, uh, shit! So many shenanigans in his background. You know, there's a whole lot. There's a whole lot going on with that guy, and and um, you know, and and not to not to mention the fact that he hasn't gone before Congress in any way, uh, for for any kind of Senate review. Um, you know, they just they just threw somebody in there to cover, and and that's just not the way you do it with the DOJ. That's that position's too powerful, man. There's no telling what's well, I, going on. I think we're going to see some. I think we're going to see some hearings and that type of stuff um, once the new Congress gets in office. Yeah, and that's going to really cast a, a shadow on, on this presidency, which is already has one big black cloud. As it is, it's just going to be more black clouds. Yeah, I but agree. what's the interesting thing is going to be is how he responds, um, the, the things that um, he's going to do uh, from a policy perspective, and also. Uh, from an organizational perspective, that's going to be interesting to see how that, how, how this plays out. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, man, it, it really, it, a lot of this, um, you know, even though we've had, you had the, uh, what is it? The G, the G20 that happened this week. Um, it was really overshadowed by a lot of these legal maneuvers, um, this week on the, on this side. Um, you know, even the whole thing that's well, happening with Brexit. Right now, and and uh, and Theresa May, shout out to to our folks over in the UK. Um, you know what's happening in the US right now with with uh, everything that's happening, and I, I'm sure you saw the Putin uh, Saudi um, fraternal handshake. <laughs> that was <terrible>. yeah. Was that <laughs> like was that a new shake? No, Trump just sitting there looking like man. I want to be, I want some. <laughs> I want back in the club because uh, they were like, I mean, you know what? You know what? I, that was like barbershop dad. Didn't you think so? That was like you walk oh, in yeah, the barbershop yeah. and you see a part, you see somebody you hadn't seen in 20 years. That was like the barbershop dap. I, I'm, I'm looking okay. at him like, what the, I mean, I saw the video. I kept the video and I just couldn't believe that they were that like gleeful oh, yeah. and excited to see each other. I was like, damn. I mean, they, they had this look like, um, you know, Trump, if you want such a dumb shit, uh, you will get some. <laughs> you could get some of that, too. Yeah, you could get some of that. But you keep messing up, man. Wow. And and you they have they have this picture with uh, the two of them doing that and him like in the background far away, just looking dead faced, stone faced. 
It's interesting. You got anything else on the White House, man? Anything else? This well, week? You, you know, um, what was that, that that black congressman out of Utah, Mia Love? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She uh, she she had some very harsh words about the president after she lost her her bid. And um, but and don't, you know what? But you know what? Let me let me say this, though, Rand. Don't they all look at Michael Steele? You know what I'm saying? But I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm gonna well, stop Michael Steele's been out for I'm, so long. I'm going to stop being an ass. Go ahead. What did she say? Well, you know, basically she told him that, you know, everything he does is transactional. Yeah. I mean, basically was saying that, that, you know, he there's no depth to this guy. He's he's transparent. He's transactional. And um, But did she say that and, before and, she lost? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Well, you know, he, he, you know, he went after her. He initially went yeah. after her. Yeah. Because uh, one of the things is she was trying to distance herself from him. Mm-hmm. And he blasted her from the fact is that he did not, that, quote, she did not show enough love, unquote, to yeah. him. Yeah. And uh, and so it's it's just amazing, man, how uh, this guy is, is, is destroying institutions. But as uh, Tony, what is his name? The guy who wrote the book? Oh, Tony Schwartz. Him? Tony Schwartz. Yeah. Yeah. He says everything this guy touches, it, 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 it dies. Yeah. What's going to be God, interesting, I mean, Mia, Mia can go um, to the room with uh, Amorosa now because that's pretty much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, she, she's there. And, uh, and I haven't heard any of these black ministers, man. I haven't heard these guys um, coming to his defense. Yeah. Well, I think you put it best, man, when you were talking on the last podcast about um, the fact that uh, a lot of these guys see uh, the inevitable. You know, and um, they don't want to get caught up. You know, right. I, th- I think I think they're starting to see, oh, oh, shit. You know, that bandwagon that we had jumped on, some wheels are coming off. You know, right. so um, I think I think you're absolutely correct. I think a lot of people are like rats getting off the sinking ship. Oh, yeah. You know, and, especially you know, especially with the, the and, and we hadn't even mentioned GM. Which you've been oh. talking about. When do we, you know, since um, you've been oh, talking yeah. this since the oh, a year, over a year, year ago, man. you said this was going to happen. You absolutely oh, said yeah. that the car companies were going to bail and they are. They a, have a billion dollars, man. Yes. A billion dollars. That's real money, right? That's real there. money. And, and, and the jobs is going to impact uh, in, in, you know, Ohio, which is a what do you call it? it it's a pivotal state. Um, you yeah. know, for, in the for Rust Belt, it is. You know, so and, and yeah, and, and, yeah. It, and I'm seeing more and more people who voted for him being interviewed, and they're basically saying we've been hoodwinked, we've been bamboozled. You know, mm-hmm. to quote Malcolm X, Plymouth Rock landed on them. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and, and so they are they are sitting here scratching their head. You know, we got all this anger. Yeah, but this guy was supposed to be our savior. And he's done nothing but actually compounded things, made it worse. Yeah, black people gonna have that T-shirt. I told we told y'all, that, right? That's gonna right. be the that's gonna be the number one shirt in twenty nineteen. We told y'all, right? And and, and, and so can we can we know, copyright that? Can we get that GP three? We yeah. told we told y'all. Yeah, you can copyright it. <laughs> Some have it. Told you, that's easy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, I think the question is people need to ask and say, okay, I agree with you. But what's the plan? I want to see the plan. Yeah. And and that's where things are falling short. You oh. know, the, the only plan that, I mean, even though this whole immigration thing has been a cluster, yeah. they have been successful at it, mm-hmm. but they don't even re- have a real coher- coherent plan, mm-hmm. but they're at least doing something that's with their agenda. But this other stuff, economic stuff, yeah. this guy has no idea what he's doing. It's all over. And of course, yeah. it's all over. Um, yeah. we're going to see more cabinet members uh, are going to start bailing out. Yeah. I agree. I agree. You got anything else? White House wise? I mean, man, we could talk about this till yes, the cows come home. Till the cows come home. Let's, but, just, uh, let's just stop it. I, I will say uh, in the upcoming week, uh, government shutdown is on the table. Um, heads up on that because it's going to come down to the border wall. And, you know, candidly, um, it's going to be a cluster because um, the Democrats ain't giving up. They ain't giving up a a border wall. Uh, He he hasn't spent the one point eight billion 
three to eight billion that was actually uh, uh, already given. He hasn't even spent that yet. And they're asking for additional billions to to actually build it or shut down. So so it's going to get ugly. It's going to be ugly this week. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see. Tear gas and Mexican yeah. or Latino women and kids who are in flip flops. Yeah. But you know what? The amazing thing. And, and I just keep going back to it. We can bring that up. But when you take a look at Beto, who lost in Texas, and you look at the number of Latinos who voted for Cruz, you know, what do you say? Well, I hate to say it, but but, you know, I think it's going to take, yeah. you, you know, you, you, yeah. you can't you can't expect solidarity when you're not even supporting your own cause. That's my whole thing. As a group. right. Um so you can it's tough. Former multicultural marketer, mm-hmm. the Latino community is so complex. It is. It is. It is very unlike yeah, the African American community. Yeah. Um now we do have some differences between Africans and African Americans. Yeah. But in the Latino world, yeah. it is a caste system. Mm-hmm. I that agree. It's just it's almost unpenetrable. Yeah. And I and I don't say that as a critique. I say it more so as an observation, um, because, you know, ultimately, if the change is going to happen on those borders, you got to have that, you know, internal support. Uh, and and the, the 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 lawmakers have to understand or it be just like they are in fear of the African-American voter base, you know, um, the uh, Latino Hispanic um, uh, voter base has to put the fear of God in them, you know, just like the, you know, the Jewish, the Jewish uh, voter base, you know, they move, they move together in lockstep. So, so I'll, I'll leave it at that, um, you know, but, but that's going to be a big thing this week. Okay. Hey man, um, one thing I do want to look at, uh, no, go ahead. I, I'm going to let you do your rant. And I'm, I'm going to get. No, man, I've been ranting throughout the whole thing. What do you want to look at? <laughs> uh, I want your thoughts on this, man. Um, report came out. This was in the Atlantic this week. And I know you've got a, a you, you've gone through the graduate programs. But one of the things that came out was the graduate school. This is from the Atlantic and talked about education. I always like to have a, an educational piece whenever it's available. But it talks about the fact that graduate school uh, can have terrible effects on people's mental health. Uh, and it talks about the fact that Ph.D. candidates suffer from anxiety, depression, uh, su- suicidal ideation at as- as astonishing high rates. And, and one of the things um, they were talking about, and I'll kind of frame it for you. Uh, they had 2014 report nearly 40 percent of doctoral uh, students hadn't secured a job at the time of graduation. Um, roughly 13 percent of Ph.D. recipients um, graduate with more than seventy thousand dollars in related uh, education related debt, um, and and they talk about because you know about the humanities, the percentage is twice that, and um, for those who do secure like an academic post or um, it, it suggests that uh, close to a third of part time university faculty, uh, many of whom are like graduate students, live near or below the poverty level. But the big thing was they have this new study that came out. Um, Harvard uh, did some research. And one of the consequences of, of all that reality is that graduate students are disproportionately struggling with mental health issues. Uh, let me go back here. Um, and, and it also talks about like, um, uh, what is this? A survey. They surveyed about 500 economics uh, PhD candidates at the elite schools and found that 18 percent of them experience like severe symptoms of depression and anxiety. Uh, it's like three times higher than the national average. So as I read all that, what are your thoughts, man? Um, you know, is it? The, I mean, well, you know, what are your thoughts? It's, it's just well, and that came out that was in the Atlantic and it was it was big news. And, you know, in terms of it was big enough for them to actually report on it. Yeah. Well, how much time you got, man? Uh, <laughs> Five minutes. <laughs> Go. man, I'm, I'm going to tell you, everything you said, um, having graduate degrees and mm-hmm. uh, having friends who've gone to the Ph.D. level, mm-hmm. all that shit is true, man. Yeah. The amount of pressure uh, that that is put upon you. First of all, people need to understand when you go for a graduate degree, it is a job. 
Mm. It's not school anymore. It is a job. When you're going for the PhD level, it is such a highly competitive arena because there's only so few faculty positions available. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. So you're fighting for very few faculty positions and there is a, a um, hazing process wow. which all PhD candidates go through mm. in terms of defending their, their, their dissertation and, and it's, it's in the papers and because it's a very subjective process. Okay. Wow. And these people are constantly trying to get validation. Mm. Uh, it is a very close community. Uh, you have to understand that many PhDs are trying to become professors yeah. at universities. Yeah. And that these universities play these games, mental games. It, it is mental jujitsu. I can, I can tell you when I was going through the uh, master's program, mm-hmm. uh, the you got to realize academia is not the real world. There's a saying, <laughs> those who can't compete, teach. And so what happens is these wow. people cannot function in real society. So this is almost like, what's that, that show you and I watch sometimes? Uh, Dark Mirror? Oh, yeah, yeah. Black Mirror. Yeah. Black, black Mirror. mirror yeah. It's, it's like a Black Mirror episode, man. Wow. It's its own little biosphere ecosystem where these people take out their frustrations because they can't function in the real world. So they set up their own world. And they become Lord and Master. Wow. Well, let me let me mention so, this one other stat, um, and and this is really um, sums it up. Roughly one in ten students in that Harvard survey also reported having suicidal thoughts on at least several days um, within the prior two weeks. Um, and yeah. and um, that's just you know here. And I I tell you know millennial millennial Nick who produces the show. We have conversations, of course, you know, m- m- millennial is of my DNA. He's my boy, my son. And he um, he and I had a, 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 an in-depth conversation about making sure that uh, whatever you decide to do after after school, after college, after the university, uh, that it pay it, it, it pays for what you uh, invested in school. Um, and, and that's why I think I mean, even when you look at it, it was interesting. I was listening to um, NPR. And they were talking about that. We talk about the humanities, you know, and that the humanities are being replaced more and more by tech in in a lot of these schools. A lot of these schools that were known for liberal arts and humanities are trying to find ways to attract students by adding more, quote unquote, tech leaning uh, degrees because, you know, people are fleeing the humanities because, you know, you can't go to a Northwestern or some of these prime schools, these primo schools that you know how much you got to pay, Rand. You know what it's like. And and then come out of school on a teacher's salary, especially if you got to do public school or anything like that. And and no, that's the, where I think the, it's just not fucking fair. Well, it's not the real. The problem is the whole education model needs to change. It does. I, I totally agree with you. I totally to agree. Because uh, I, I will say this, and I mean this, I think um, the schools are taking advantage. They're taking advantage of it, especially the ones who are generating billions and billions of dollars. Uh, Utah, I mean, and, and um, I just think they're taking advantage of it because when you even look at, um, I know we criticize the, the for-profit schools, but I think even the, the ones that aren't for-profit need to go under scrutiny in terms of their placement records and also their, um, the ability for, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the things needs to also be weighed is the ability of their their kids, the uh, ones who graduate, to actually generate a, a decent living and pay back student loans, because you know it's just ridiculous, you know. So I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. You got anything else? I agree with you, man. I mean, you know, uh, it, it it really boils down to changing the education model. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, you you really need to. I mean. Kendall B., my daughter, is looking at a graduate program, and one of the first things they told us is the program changes literally every every two years because they're looking at what the community that they serve is looking for yeah. in terms of students. And that one of the things that they were very clear about is that uh, their placement rate is very high. Yeah. And that's what they focus on. They, their thing is we're trying to get students employed. Yeah, get them employed. And so. I mean, it's no and longer so, a situation where you just want to, you know, put a, put something after your name. Yeah. Right, right. You know, unless your name is Rockefeller, and you know, you just want to <laughs> yeah. be a life a lifelong learner. That's yeah. that's another thing. Yeah. But um, 
but yeah, um, they, they, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of research on the European system and they have a system that we should look into. What's that um, system? What is it? Well, first of all, um, college is not four years. Hmm, okay. Um, their attitude is um, we're not going to force a kid to retake subjects in college, which they've taken four years in high school. Agreed. In other words, if I'm not a history major, why should I take history again? History has not changed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Allow them to test so they out if they feel like they you know, allow them to test out of it. Yeah. Go ahead. No, they don't even test out. They say, look, if you made an A mm -hmm. in high school, why do you need to take history again? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Good There's point. no testing out. I like that. So what we're going <laughs> to, so what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the skills that you're going to need, um, such as more communication skills, both written and verbal. Mm -hmm. So, so they do a lot of writing getting is all about how can you communicate your ideas yeah. and how can you support your ideas? Uh, more project-based classes, uh, uh, more um, co-op, go to school a semester, work a semester, go to school a semester, work a semester, mm. things like that. Uh, more project-based, yeah. um, setting, uh, teaching students how to be freelancers. Mm. Okay. You know, each student at some of these schools are, are, are required to form a corporation. Smart. So, because they're saying, it's like more than likely, and they, they, they give them all business classes, whether you're an artist or engineer or whatever it is, here's a business class. Learn how to market yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. So they do a lot of different things where we spend sending our kids taking a lot of classes that don't matter. You, you remember that when you did your core requirements, you had to take all these classes. Oh, and yeah. like, why am I taking this shit? Why am I shit? sitting in here? <laughs> right. Why, 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 why am I sitting in this, in this sociology class? Yeah. I'm not a sociologist. Yeah. And so they do a lot of tailoring based upon what your majors, what your major is going to be. And they do a better job of helping a student identify their skill strengths and giving them potential career options, putting them in front of a student while they're in high school and exposing the student to those careers so that when they're going to college, they have a much more knowledgeable decision. You know, when, when we were in high school, you would say, I want to be an engineer. Mm -hmm. Have no idea what the hell engineer does. Yeah, yeah, you have no idea. Okay, then you sit in your first physics class, a calculus class, or organic chemistry class, and you're sitting here going like, what the hell did I get myself into? Mm. So they do a lot of career exploration in the secondary schools. And so by the time the kid gets to college, the kid has narrowed it down to two or three occupations. Yeah. And then they let them go straight into those, whatever the, the area of interest. I don't, I don't think so, any, I don't think any kid should go to college without having a career plan. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I, I just don't think, you know, you sign up and you, you, you commit, well, you know, without having a, without having a, a I plan. agree with you. The challenge is, that's me personally. Kids are not getting, kids are not getting the counseling. Yeah. In high schools today, in schools today, counselors are not counseling kids. Yeah. Well, we're going to so, get back in the parents. But yeah, I, I, but I, I do agree with you. I mean, I, I can tell you, having gone through graduate experience more than once, mm -hmm. it's, it was, it was pure hell. Yeah. All right, man. You got anything else? Uh, no. Uh, people in Georgia, uh, please vote on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. Your vote. This is where your vote really matters because this vote will translate into your vote for future elections. Ditto. Ditto. I I, I, I ditto that three times. So I agree. And and thanks for, you know, always bringing that up and, and being a part of the process as well, Rand. Uh, but uh, just to let folks know, go to castropolis.net. Uh, everything you need is there for GP3. You can follow us. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. And all the options to follow us and listen and download the podcast and listen are on the G, uh, the IG feed, as well as Twitter. Um, you can get all the information there. You can also get all the information on uh, at GP3. I'm, I'm sorry, castropolis.net, C-A-S-T-R. T-R-O-P-O-L-I-S dot net. Let me not screw that up. Let's say C-A-S-T-R-O-P-O-L-I-S dot net. Rand, hey man, thank you so much again for another week, bro. Um, and um, I'm hopeful, man. I, I think uh, with all the craziness that occurred this week, I mean, I'm still looking at the, or, or trying to pull out that silver lining. Um, and um, I, I, I think you hit it, hit the nail on the head. Whereas we were looking at maybe Thanksgiving for the release of the report. 
it will probably happen when Democrats take over uh, the House at the beginning of the year. I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that. That may, that might help our sanity just a little bit more um, when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so, man. But again, you know, this this um, this shroud of secrecy that we uh, that Mueller and his team has, we you know, it's, we would never know. But, but let me tell you, it's the best, tightest kept report that I can recall because I, I, I've never seen it, you know, where, where there are just no damn leaks. I mean, and if it is leaked, it's, it's you know, intentionally leaked for a reason. But, but I will, if anything, I give Mueller credit for is his ability to keep this report tight. That it's just been amazing. All right, man. Well, on that note, with all that said, um, GP3 round 14 is uh, is in the can, man. And we out of here. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail, 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap, SB the G, graphics, Lady J. Thanks for listening.